Mindfulness Mode. Remember, your purpose is not a destination. It's not a job. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. I'm here once again with an author, and I'm excited to speak to this author because she has so much experience in mindfulness. She's traveled, she's done a lot of writing. She calls herself a lifelong geek and a dedicated researcher, and she offers world-class personal training for A players in marketing, coaching, and community building. So I'm so happy to tell you that I'm here today with J.H. Tepley. Jay, are you in mindfulness mode today? Hello, absolutely. That's my default. That's my baseline. That's awesome. What does mindfulness mean to you, Jay? To me, it means being fully present in the moment, fully living your life, fully participating, not trying to live in the past or in the future, but actually be actively present with what is happening in your life right now. Because If you do that, it's the best place to be because your life happens in the now. Well, it certainly does happen in the now. And in the now, you spend a lot of time writing. I know that. And you've recently written your flagship book, The Light Watch Chronicles. And I'm fascinated to learn more about that. What what is uh, your journey that took you to this place where you've ended up writing this book, The Light Watch Chronicles? Oh, it was a very interesting story in terms of how it came about. Uh, This book just appeared in my mind at one point with a very urgent message saying, just write me down. You have to write me down. And at that point, I thought, well, I usually write factual books. I write books, how to, you know, exercise one, exercise two kind of books. And so this is a very different genre. It's a fiction, epic space saga and so i thought that's that's a very different field of endeavor uh from everything i've been doing so far but the inspiration and the urgency behind this message was so strong that i ended up writing it down by the way this is the book uh, you can find it on amazon just trying to is. make it not blurry but yeah it decides to... right <laughs> yeah my camera has their uh, its own ideas so this book, if you are on uh, uh, on the path to developing yourself, to becoming a better, stronger version of yourself, if you're into mindfulness and meditation, you're going to love it because it's just such a different way of learning through a story. And we humans are wired to respond to stories and to be engaged with stories. So it's a much easier way than just a dry textbook kind of um, explanation or guidance because costly you get to travel to japan where i used to live so you get you get to walk around tokyo you get to see what is there and of course because i used to live there and i love japan i described it in a detail that people say that when they read it or listen to it they actually feel transported and so from that story involves first uh, further and you get to fly dragons and time travel and get all those adventures. But at the same time, you get to learn the deep truth about the universe, about yourself, about your purpose. And this is what this book is for. So many people said to me that it's actually like the alchemist 
by Paula Kaela in that there is a story, of course, but really the true essence of the book is to teach you something really useful in your own life. Right. Fascinating. And so are you planning on writing a follow-up to this book? Uh, it is already on Amazon in Kindle version. So book mm -hmm. one is printed and also made into dramatized series by a British company called Be Here. And I would highly recommend this experience because a dramatized series is not like an audiobook, although an audiobook is coming out soon as well. But the dramatized series is when every actor or every character has his or her own voice and there are sound effects and there is music. So it's fully immersive. You close your eyes and you watch that movie inside your own hand because it's just magical. It's really, really powerful. So I would highly recommend that. Right. Well, I want to shift to the name of your business, which is New Era Superhero. Thus, your website, which is neweraSuperhero.com. So tell me where you came up with this idea to call your business New Era Superhero. Oh, our world, as far as I can see, is in a desperate need for superheroes and legends and the man who can lead and who can take action, who can take responsibility and who can make positive changes in the world. I think as a society, we collectively lack a sense of purpose and deeper meaning right now. This is why we have so many troubles. And I would even say things like eating disorders or addictions or depression are all linked in a way with not having a clear sense of purpose. So to me, being a superhero in your own life is leading by example, is doing something that you find uniquely meaningful for you and making a difference in the world and serving the world greatly. Because the kind of people I typically work with are people in business, entrepreneurs who have achieved the law on the material plane, but then they feel stuck because, as you know, money gives you a comfortable life, but it doesn't really give you true uh, happiness, true meaning, true fulfillment. And so, especially for people who achieved a lot of financial stability, and because in our society, there is such a strong paradigm towards, oh, just make a lot of money and you're going to be all right. You don't need anything else. And so there comes a point where it's like, okay, I've got what society told me I should have, and I still feel stuck. And I feel that I could make a lot of difference to other people's lives. I feel that there is more to my life, that I, I, I was meant for more. And so I teach them how to discover the powers in their minds to allow them to go further and to really manifest this gift in the world. And it actually does start with mindfulness because a lot of clues to your purpose are inside you already and you're living through them. You're manifesting them on the daily basis. But if you don't know how to do mindfulness right, those answers could be all around you and you still look at them and say, oh, I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is, where it's right there in front of you. So the reason why I call my business that is uh, to make someone excited 
about developing himself so he can become a greater weapon for good, someone who really serves the world greatly and enjoys the process. Because, you know, being a superhero is a really cool place to be. Yeah, fantastic place to be. Absolutely. Well, I know you've helped many people across the the globe to increase their revenue and become more successful and have more impact in the world. Do you work more with men or more with women or is it about an even balance? My system is uniquely designed for the male mind. Because I respect people's differences, and I don't think we're all the same. I think we're all unique beings with our own strengths and weaknesses. And so uh, there are different modes as well. You know, people learn a different way. And so my system is designed specifically to empower men, because I think there is a lot being done right now out there to empower women, and it's great. But... I actually feel we are slightly out of balance here because there is not enough being done to, to empower men, especially younger men, especially men coming into the realization of their cause, their purpose, their personal power, and what they can really do in the world. So this is why it's um, it's uniquely suited to them. And I would not advise female students following this routine because of that. There are other systems that are a lot better for them. So my system works for men the best. I see. And you uh, incorporate the lightsaber idea into your training. And for those of our mindfulness mode listeners who do not know what lightsaber is, can you explain that to us? A lightsaber is something from the Star Wars universe. And so... If the force is strong with you, that's what you have. Okay. And what kind of powers does it give you? Well, you can certainly say that I am the Jedi you've been looking for. Okay. <laughs> I, um, so in our club in London, we teach lightsaber choreography. It's not really combat, although I've been into martial arts for many years. I love martial arts. And so we teach balance and mindfulness through the art of lightsabers because you have to be really mindful when you're doing choreography like this. But also I teach people meditation because part of my training is teaching people how to meditate right because way too many people don't achieve results through their uh, or from their meditation simply because they skip the first most important step right i see yeah and so if someone signed up with you to get help from you to do the kind of work you do what would that look like well i have students from all over the world so we start our training from zoom sessions which is the easiest way. But after a few months, they sign up for a year because this is what it takes to really adjust your body and your mind to be where you want to be. So after a few months, we go on to retreat. Uh, It's an in-person training in one of the most magical places in the world, like Japan, Iceland, Costa Rica, Italy. And... We study there together, we train there together, 
like it's a bit like a Shaolin training, you know, with a master and a student. Mm -hmm. We wake up, we exercise, we meditate, we eat right. And after that training, people are absolutely transformed, not just internally, but physically as well. They look younger, they feel healthier, they perform better. And people around them notice an amazing difference. Actually, recently, I did a training and the wife of my student uh, wrote back to me saying, thank you so much. It's been a breakthrough that I've been praying for for years. And I'm so grateful that it has finally happened. Wow, that is fantastic. So you mentioned that you've done a lot of martial arts in your life. What martial arts have you done specifically? Well, my two favorite ones are medieval longsword, Fiore. It's called Fiore, 16th century longsword, and Krav Maga, which is an Israeli special forces martial art. Oh, interesting. And which one of those did you get involved in first? Medieval longsword, uh, hence my proficiency with the lightsaber. So have you always the... been fascinated with the lightsaber? No, I was first fascinated with swords and okay. weapons. But then I've discovered that a lightsaber is a lot easier to carry around. It's a lot easier to store and it's just it's just more fun, especially when it gets dusky, because people stop and take photos and get involved. So I, I love both, but I just think also the lightsaber brings the magic of something bigger than you, brings the magic of all this incredible universe that George Lucas has created. And, and the idea of the force, which is very true, because... The reason why we respond, or many people respond so strongly to those movies, is because they can sense that there is some truth behind it. There is something, you know, elusive, indescribable, but they know it resonates with them because the force, or what they refer to as the force, is real. Is that energy of the universe of creation of God that we use to live, to manifest? It's all around us, it pervades us. And it connects us with everything that exists. So using lightsabers makes teaching uh, this simple truth a lot easier because people instinctively resonate with that because pretty much everyone knows what the force is by now, or at least they heard of it. And so it makes this explanation a lot simpler because this is what you need to understand if you really want to evolve beyond this mundane human existence because we're not just purely physical beings we are divine beings living this physical existence and so if we focus too much on the mundane part of things this is what makes us feel isolated disempowered depressed and just out of sync in general and as soon as we remember our true core, our divine origin, the energy that we really are, and we connect with it through meditation and through mindfulness, we become more and more not just happy in a human, normal way, because, you know, this kind of happiness is like a flicker, it comes and goes, but the happiness that you achieve through developing yourself and serving the world greatly, and especially living your purpose, is that constant underlying warm sense of joy 
and security and confidence that nothing can take away from you. So even if you're experiencing some storms on the outside, you're dealing with some emotional situation, that underlying level of strength never goes away. And so it gives you a much better chance to win, not just in life, but in business, when you know that there is a source you can always tap into. So this is why it merges so nicely together with my work. Wow, that is really impressive. I want to talk to you, Jay, about your charity work. And I know that your charity work supports mental health, but tell us about it. Well, this is what I do. I, me and uh, another guy, we partner to run this club together in London. And we teach people lightsaber choreography. So those moves that they use in, in the movies. And we teach them to meditate, to be mindful, to explore reality beyond just the confines of the familiar and the physical. And this is how you really become that real life superhero because you start using what I call the real world superpowers because we all have them inside our mind that unexplored abilities that baffle scientists and excite many people, but they're very real. You know, we can sense energy, we can sense other people's emotions. And if we train, uh, if we train up just a little bit, we can do a lot more with that. And so this is what being a real life superhero involves. But at the same time, doing these things actually helps you align with your purpose because what most people don't understand they think that purpose is some sort of a career path and they have this diagram you know what you're good at what the world needs what you get paid for and the thing is if you try to do it that way you will get stuck very quickly and very painfully if you've ever tried to actually find your purpose following a diagram like that you will find out that after a year or two years it's going to burn out and you will feel trapped and you will start hating that thing that you love. And the reason why that happens is because our soul doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want us to keep repeating the same thing that we are already good at. It wants us to grow. You know, the universe is constantly expanding right now. And so us being part of the universe we are actually bound by the same laws, uh, which means that we have to keep expanding ourselves in our mind, in our energy. We have to be, keep growing to remain in sync with the moving universe, because this is what gives us power, agility, joy, freedom. All the things that you ever wanted come from being in sync with that force that flows in the universe. And so... With that, you know, the more you develop yourself, the more you tap into those abilities that lay dormant for thousands of years, the more your soul goes, yes, you're doing it right. And ultimately, from the, pers from the perspective of the universe or God or force, our source is not just, uh, our purpose is not just something that we do in terms of a vocation or a job or a career it's something who we are because the universe expanding and it wants us to expand and the more we expand 
the more we are aligned with it, which means that we are aligned with our purpose. Does it make sense? I'll give a simple example where, for example, if you have an acorn, what is its purpose? Its purpose is to grow into an oak, right? And yeah. if you look at the at the little eaglet, what is its purpose? Its purpose to grow and become the best eagle it can possibly be. So because the universe is patterns within patterns, our purpose is likewise to grow and become the greatest version of us that we can possibly be, which also includes that we manifest, embrace, and develop that divine part of us as the superhero theme. Right, right. Jay, I want to go back to your uh, experience in Japan, and I'd like to just ask you what drew you there originally and what it was like when you first landed there. Right. Well, my real reason why I wanted to go to Japan and why I started Japanese as a young person was because I have inklings like have memories from different lifetimes when I used to live there. And so, of course, that was so strong that I just had to relieve it again. It's a little bit like imagine being so in love with someone and then separated that you would jump on any opportunity to meet that person again, no matter what. So that was the feeling that guided me towards that. And it was easier for me, I would say, than perhaps for some other people, because I remembered parts of it. So I didn't have to learn the language again. I just had to remember it. And there were funny stories, because I remember when I was learning it at university, and our, uh, our professor kept, uh, kept correcting me, saying, hey, you know, you don't talk like that anymore. It's like, it's what all people say. It's like how all people speak. You shouldn't be talking like that because it's weird. And I was like, oops, <laughs> okay, I need to learn. I need to learn, obviously, because the language changes. And of course, when I went there, even though it was technically for the first time, it really felt like I came back home. Wow. For a long, long while. And so I used to own uh, quite a few kimonos mm -hmm. and it was actually fairly easy for me to put them on. There was a special art to it. And in Japan, there are courses people can take and they're three months long to learn how to put on the kimono because it's got so many layers. And I learned how to do it in about half an hour. That's because I didn't have to learn. Yeah, but that is, um, I don't take any credit for it because it's just something that um, my memory guided me through it. So this is why for me, Japan is a big part of my heritage. And when people say, you know, when they ask uh, things like, what was your journey before? And I always say, well, I would have to be honest with you if you can take it. My journey spans a lot longer than most people's because of those memories. So many, and some people say that even the way I speak, my mannerisms are still very much like, well, someone even said samurai-like, Japanese-like 
because of that. I see. And so in past lives, do you have visions of using the sword? Oh, of course, many times. Most of my past lives where I was either a warrior or a soldier or a monk. So it was a very dominant theme. And this is why many of my lifetimes didn't actually last long. Uh, Many of them ended prematurely because of my occupation. You know, it's an occupation hazard, as they say. Yeah, sure would be. Yeah. And so do you remember uh, having images of these past lives back when you were a child? Yes. Yes. And how, how young were you when you first remember this? Perhaps seven, eight. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because they've always been there with me. And that also created a different kind of personality. For example, in this lifetime, I've never really been a child or a teenager in the true sense of that world because mm-hmm. I never had to discover certain things again. I simply remembered them. And so it's it was i remember it was a very interesting experience i think i was about six about six or seven i can't remember exactly and so i was looking at those kids around me and i was thinking to myself goodness me it's going to take at least 20 years for them to grow up enough for us to properly connect And I remember feeling very lonely at that moment, thinking, wow, 20 years is such a long time. And so right from the start, I would say I connected mostly with adults because I was reading adult books and I was thinking in the same kind of categories that I'm thinking right now. So it's been quite a journey uh, for uh, while I was physically in a younger body, because of course it confused people but now (laughs) it kind of even that just about i would say because i don't look uh, like in my forces which once again confuses people right and did you find then as a child that you had an innate ability to just be safe and be in your own space and not be bullied or tormented by other people? It was just a natural thing for you? Oh, well, kids tried to bully me at school because I was so different. But I flaunted it. I just put it in their face. I thought it was the best joke ever. And so their um, bullying attempts fell completely flat on their face because they were like, well, you're weird. I'm like, that's how I roll. And well, tell me more do. about what that was like, how you put oh. that back into their face like that. <laughs> oh, well, um, as a kid, I I wasn't shy. So instead of, uh, instead of hiding, instead of pretending, I was just being me. And as I said, when someone disagreed with it or found it strange or weird, I would just say, yeah, of course, that's, that's me. That's how I roll. That's what I do now what and they couldn't really handle it they didn't know how to handle it especially with kids because um for um, a bullying situation to happen some sort of an agreement has to take place 
So that the person bullied has to acquiesce to this situation taking place. And so because I refused, and not just refused out of spite, but I loved it, and I accepted who I was, they couldn't really do anything. And I think that <laughs> annoyed them more <laughs> than if I was... Um, uh, if I was trying to hide something, because you know, when when someone is bullying someone, the reason why that even happens is because the person bullying is very very insecure, yes. and so it's easy enough psychologically to topple them by displaying your confidence. And as I said, because I wasn't really a child, it was. It was a very different dynamic. And I remember it actually amused me. It made me laugh. Their attempts to to put me down or to call out that I was I was different to other kids. I just laughed at it. And I think laughter is one of the greatest weapons against darkness and you know evil things in the world because most people who try to do something bad to you would suddenly lose their candor and favor if you laugh at them outright, if you just think that it's hilarious. Because not many people, and as I said, it takes an incredible amount of confidence to be laughed at and still keep going on. And people who bully others or try to bring others down usually are very insecure themselves. So if you come from the position of the universe created me this way for a reason, I'm here for a reason, and it is what it is. I trust the universe, I trust the higher force, I trust its wisdom. And your opinion doesn't sway me at all. And if you don't uh, do it in an aggressive way, but rather in a way of complete self-acceptance, you will notice that other people just don't want to mess with you because they don't know how to handle you. And that is, again, that is kind of a superpower that you develop. Yeah, that is fascinating. I certainly understand that completely. You know, that sometimes you can use that uh, energy for power yourself. Yes. And, you know, I recently read a book by David Goggins and, and that's what he talked about, how if, if people tried to uh, say nasty things about him or they, you know, hated him online, on social media, he just used that to fuel himself and he became mm. even more excited and more fueled. So it kind of reminds me of that. Exactly, exactly. And especially if you try to shine your own light, if you try to follow your path, there will always be people coming at you because you irritate their demons, because they see what you do and they feel that they don't have the courage to do the same with their lives. And it makes them really sad, really angry. And so, of course, they will be coming at you with their grievances. But at the end of the day, it's their story. So if you're mindful enough, if you actually understand where they're coming from, that place of 
pain, dissatisfaction, feeling mm-hmm. trapped, and seeing someone else living their dream can be very painful. So mindfulness actually brings a lot of compassion and a lot of understanding. And suddenly you realize that even if someone attacks seemingly you, that attack is not really personal. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about their pain. It's about their insecurities. And so you can either laugh it off if you just want them to go quiet, or you may try and help them if they're willing to listen to you. Right. You know what they say that haters are fans in denial? Ah. So I always remind myself when someone posts something like that uh, on social media. And I look at this person and I think haters are fans in denial. This is a person who would really love to go, especially with spirituality, because, you know, so many people really secretly long for it. They want it, but they never allow themselves to go into that kind of realm because there is that big fear in them. What if it's really false? What if it's a lie? What if they will look stupid if they go into it, if they trust, if they open their heart, and then it they would be proven wrong and everyone would laugh. And that fear is strong enough for some people to keep them away from what they would really, really love to do. And of course, that inner conflict breeds a lot of pain and a lot of dissatisfaction. So I completely understand when someone sees someone talking about these things and they resonate, and yet that person doesn't allow themselves to go and say yes, to put their hand up and and to step into it because commitment is scary. Trusting is scary. So I understand that. So instead, they just try to put down that source of irritation and annoyance. They would rather not hear it than be reminded of the dream that they didn't allow themselves to live through. I really completely agree with what you're saying. And as I look at you and listen to you, I feel like you're one of the most grounded people I've met and one of the most happy and satisfied people I've met. But has there been pain? Is there pain or fear that you can share that you've experienced? Oh, yes. Well, for the vast majority of my life, I was severely depressed, very, very depressed to the point I did not go to a doctor. So I don't know whether it was a clinical depression, but it was very dark. It was the suicidal type. So the reason why I didn't yield to it was actually the memory of my mindfulness training from the past lives. This is what helped me. And uh, the understanding that the tools that I have and the knowledge that I have are too important and too valuable to just waste. It's something that I had to share with people. And actually my training saved quite a few people's lives to date in in real terms and so me being aware of that i said to myself right you may not be happy with your life circumstances right now but remember your life is not about you it's about your service 
It's about your duty. You are here for a reason. So you better focus on that reason. You better focus on serving people than on what you dislike about your personal life. And so once I've shifted that focus from just the eager concerns about, oh, this is not perfect enough. Oh, I would love this to be different. Once I've shifted that focus, a lot of that tension and pain went away because many types of pain and depression is actually created and sustained by the ego. Now, the ego is not an enemy. Many people present it as such. Yeah. Uh, only an untrained ego is an enemy. So it's like a difference between a shepherd dog and a stray dog. They're both dogs, but one is really good. One is not so good. But if you cultivate your ego, if you train it, if you form it and shape it in a way that would best uh, serve your mission, because it's moldable, it's programmable. This is what most people don't understand. It's not about killing your ego or getting rid of it. You need it. It's your personal story. But you have to create your personal story in a way that empowers you, in a way that is uniquely right for you, and in a way that allows you to really manifest your gift and serve the world greatly. And this is why the first part of my program is focused on that restructuring the ego, restructuring the concept of self. And so this is because this is something I've lived through myself and I know how powerful it can be. It's one of the first steps. This and of course, learning to meditate in the right way because I've discovered that the absolute majority of people have no idea that they have to slow down the brain waves for meditation. And because they don't do that, Many people never achieve true results. And this is why they're not motivated to meditate. Because if you do something day after day and you see no results, it's really difficult to keep yourself disciplined and to sustain that practice, of course. But many of my students told me that when they meditate using my technique, they get so hooked that they can't wait to go and meditate. So it's not a willpower thing anymore. They're like, right. I need to go and meditate because it feels so good, because it feels so empowered and because they have results to show for it. Actually, recently, one of my students um, during our training, he got a phone call and not good news. So he received some news that before, before our training will have really thrown him off. And he shared with me that someone who he really trusted betrayed him, uh, took part of the business, tried to do all sorts of nasty things behind his back. And then he said, well, an old version of me before this training would be all up in the air, would be angry and frustrated for days. And right now, I spoke to the guy who delivered the news. I was completely calm. And the guy was surprised because he said, well, you know, brace yourself. This one can be a bit tough. And he was so surprised that my student just listened calmly, calmly throughout. And he was like, all right, well, you see, from, from the mindful perspective, there are actually some good points and good things in what has happened. And actually, because this person did that, we can now do this and this and this. And he came back to me sharing this, saying, actually, 
I've discovered effortlessly that there are so many benefits to that person acting that way that I'm actually not upset at all. And he went back to meditating. That's a great story, Jay. <laughs> that is a terrific story. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Uh, Sri Maharshi. Okay, and number two, I want to ask you about emotions. How has mindfulness affected the way you deal with your emotions? It allowed me to become a real-life superhero. Oh, that's a great answer. And let's talk about breathing. Are there any breathing techniques or any thoughts on breathing that you can share with us that are related to mindfulness? Absolutely. Breathing is key to your mental, physical health and your emotion control. And I would sincerely recommend this book. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And the book is called? Uh, it's called Pranayama, the Energetics of Breath by Andre Van uh, Lysbeth. I would sincerely recommend. Uh, the one that I would recommend the most, I know it's going to be more than 30 seconds, but the That's Skull okay. Shining Breath is okay. fantastic. Use oh. the uh, Skull Shining Breath technique every morning to cleanse your mind, your body, and to actually even, they say, it even allows you to lose weight if, oh. if you're interested. Really interesting. Okay. And that covers my next question, which was about a book that you would recommend. And my other question is about an app. Are there any apps at all that you would recommend? Actually, no, I would recommend not using apps at all because they rob you from self-reliance and you want to be self-sufficient with your practice. So you want to go and meditate wherever without your phone. And especially if you connect your mindfulness practice with electronic gadgets is going to keep you hooked and it's going to keep you distract, uh, distracted in my opinion. So no, your mind, the sounds of nature, the sound of your breathing are the best mindful apps out there. Oh, that's so great to hear from you. And uh, before we wrap up the interview, Jay, do you have any final words of advice for our Mindful Tribe listeners? Absolutely. And it's this, if this is one thing you focus in your life, if you want to get true fulfillment, is aligned with your purpose. Leave your purpose as much as you can. Remember, your purpose is not a destination. It's not a job. It's a process of becoming a greater version of you. And if you start on the journey, you will discover that you become unshakable with your minds, your emotions, Every aspect of your life will expand. Your business will expand. Your health will improve. So like with that mindful process, uh, with the pranayama process that I just shared, that allows you to cleanse your mind, but also lose some stubborn belly fat, it just goes throughout your entire life. So do yourself a favor. Your journey is not just about you. Your life is not just about you. It's about other people whose lives you touch through and from your transformation. So do go and live your purpose as much as you can 
learn mindfulness, learn pranayama, and just don't focus fully on the physical reality. Always remember that you are a powerful divine being that can bend reality to your will. Such incredible advice. And speaking of incredible, it's been incredible to have you on the show. I've absolutely enjoyed your wisdom and appreciate what you do in the world. So keep on doing it. Thank you again for being on Mindfulness Mode, Jay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. All the best to you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. They have a product called AG1 that I started taking some time ago because I wanted to improve my gut health. I wanted to optimize my immune system. I wanted to just improve my health in general, and this has really done it. AG1 contains 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, and probiotics. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, or whatever your diet is, this will work for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial ingredients, and it supports better sleep and better alertness. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science, and it costs less than $3 a day. Like I said, the product is called AG1, the company is called Athletic Greens, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews online. So here's a special offer for you, Mindful Tribe. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com mindfulness. So once again, that's athleticgreens.com mindfulness to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.